0: doers network and now here's your host donald robinson
1: the second welcome everyone to the doers network i'm your host donald robinson the second and in this episode we continue our conversation with laura khalil laura is a branding and marketing expert she's from michigan and the metro detroit area she spent 10 years of her career building her experience and cutting her teeth in silicon valley working with many entrepreneurs and tech startups. She's also worked with many well-known and lesser-known tech companies. She returned recently to Detroit to help Detroit-area entrepreneurs and tech startups find their way and their voices. But she also still works primarily with large companies across the globe. If you missed part one, please take a listen because Laura has much information and wisdom to share. And now, here's part two to our interview, With Laura Khalil.
0: The one thing I tell all my coaching clients when we start is I say, no matter what's going on in the world, no matter what's going on in your community, no matter how you grew up, no matter what sob story you have to tell, because here's a newsflash. Everyone's family is dysfunctional. Yeah. Um, In different ways. I've never met anyone who hasn't had a form of dysfunction in their family or a form of trauma growing up. Not to minimize people's experiences, but to say this, we all have something. Right. And you are the only person in your way right now. Right. Nobody else is in your way. And the belief that other people are trying to stop you, that other people and societal norms and uh, the way things are is going to stop you and prevent you, that's a thought that you have created that you are reinforcing with every interaction you go through in the world. Sure. And I'm telling you, it's nothing more than a thought. Right. So your attitude has to change and people don't like to hear that, but that's the truth. Your attitude has to change. Oh yeah. yeah. And once your attitude changes, money will flow, uh, opportunities will grow and you can really begin to live a much more purposeful and inspired life.
1: That is wonderful. That that is such beautiful advice. And I think people listening, please take heed to that. Again, I can't stress enough that you're getting nuggets of wisdom and knowledge here with Laura Khalil. And oh, so let's let's change this. this, Let's let's do the shift to focus a little bit. So how with, with your experience working with West the West Coast clients and West Coast businesses and everything, what led you back to the Michigan and Detroit area?
0: Well, Um, The Bay Area over the last several years, really since about 2011, has been going through a real transformation. Um, What I loved about the Bay Area when I had moved there was how creative it was, how bohemian it was. Um, I loved kind of how anything goes in San Francisco. That seemed really fun and exciting to me. And that really... uh, shifted and has begun to shift significantly we lost a lot of our creative communities we lost a lot of that mentality which was replaced by um in my opinion a lot of sort of both culturally tone deaf people uh societally tone deaf you know just it it just really got muddied and I I do not feel inspired there anymore so I was trying to figure out this was in uh, 2015. I was trying to figure out where to move and what to do. Okay. And I had always come back to Detroit to see family. And it was, it had really, it had been on my radar since about 2011. I but, and I come back every year and I, you know, kind of check things out. And then around 2015, I was finally in a position where I could, I, I can live anywhere I want. That's part of, how I've set up my life. Yeah. So I can move with no problem at all. And I came to Detroit to see family. And I was like, you know what? There's a really cool creative energy here. Yeah. And because I am a creative person at heart, I really vibe with that type of energy.
2: Sure.
0: And I thought, you know what? There is no harm in me coming for a year and checking it out. Okay. And so I came uh, at the end of 2015. I spent, uh, let's see, I went through my first winter. I had forgotten about winter. Yeah. And that was an extremely rude awakening. Oh, yeah. A awakening. And I wanted to run away and say, oh, my gosh, this was a terrible mistake.
3: Yeah. I can't
0: deal with this weather. Right. But, of course, as we all know, you get used to it.
3: Yep.
0: And the creative energy and the creative community that I have found in Detroit has been absolutely unparalleled right and for me that has been wonderful so that's what initially brought me here and it's really what keeps me here right now
1: okay how did how did you uh how did you get wind of bamboo Detroit and what led you to set up shop there
0: you know I'm I'm trying to remember how I heard of Bamboo. I think I knew that they were running, oh no, wait a minute now. I knew that they were running a lot of events. Yep. And I might have come to an event. Okay. Uh, but really, how I got involved is I met uh, the co founder, Amanda Lewan at a writing conference. Okay. And we hit it off, and she said, Amanda is probably one of the most kind and welcoming people on the face of the earth. Yep. And she said Laura come to Bamboo come check it out you know whenever you want and I said all right I'll I'll, I'll, you know go check it out and this was right um, right as they were transitioning from the old space onto the one on Washington. Right. And so I've been to the old space a couple times. Right. And then I came to the new space and I thought yeah this is pretty cool I think I'm going to you know, I'm I'm going to join, and I have met, really, I've actually met some very close friends yeah. that I've developed uh, with other entrepreneurs that work there, yeah. and I've met some great colleagues. Yeah. I always believe, um, one of the quotes I love, I think it's from Jim Rohn, is he says, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Right. So if you think about, and I believe that, and if you think about that, are you spending your time around people that are doing things you are doing or doing things you want to do?
3: Right. Are you
0: spending your time around people that inspire you or drain you? Right. And what I loved about Bamboo is I could be around other entrepreneurs who were inspiring me, who were doing really cool things with their life. Sure. And uh, that was, you know, that
1: that's been great oh yeah well like i said earlier uh happy belated welcome back home and and i'm glad you're here because you're definitely an inspiration i can just tell by the the people you talk to your clients and people you coach they they if they if they don't get anything out of of your coaching and teaching then shame on them because i know you i know i know you're teaching them just what you're telling the audience here and, if oh, the, and absolutely. a lot more, you know, a lot more. So I, I really, uh,
0: well, you know, people, thank you, Don, you know, people come to me when they're ready. Yeah. That's what I always believe, especially with coaching.
3: Yeah. When you're
0: ready for this information and you're ready to work with someone who has been there and done that and make profound change in your life, people find me. I don't do really any, uh, promotion okay. of my coaching business. Okay. You know, it's not like I'm running ads or something to to get people they hear about me, they hear the testimonials, they understand that they're getting the real deal. Okay. Now, not everyone wants the real deal. Right. And that as as I hope you can tell and I'm, I'm assuming your listeners can tell, that just ain't my bag. So we're not gonna talk about how the world's against you. Right. We're gonna talk about what can you do today to make lasting change and leave a legacy on this planet? And that is a deep question. Oh, yeah. Some people, when they get into coaching, they want to have someone to talk to to complain about their life. Okay. To complain about the circumstances of their life, the challenges that they face, and why they can never achieve what they want. Okay. And that is not the kind of coaching that I do. Okay. So. People find me when they are ready to find a coach who is going to ask them the tough questions, who is going to believe in them and believe that they are capable of doing amazing things on this planet and leaving a legacy for the future. So that is the kind of coaching that I do. And that is really a call to people to step up. Yeah. So if you're ready to step up, that I'm the coach you work with. Um, But, you know, everyone is in respectfully in their, you know, on their own path. Yeah. I don't presume to be the right person for every coaching client. I don't presume to be the right consultant for every company. That would be crazy.
1: Sure. Right. Right, because you can't please everybody and everybody's not going to. Absolutely
0: not. Absolutely not. And if I give any advice, I mean, I'm just full of advice, but if I give another piece to your audience, please be very clear on what your niche is. Please be very, very clear on your market. Right. Um, I meet a lot of people at Bamboo and here in Detroit who tell me they are in marketing. Okay. And I want to know, okay, well, who, is, who are you marketing for? What exactly is your audience? Yeah. Being in marketing, frankly, that is not enough. Right. And that is not good enough because every Tom, Dick, and Harry is in marketing. Right. So who do you serve uniquely that is your expertise? Sure. And um, that's the question I ask. If I'm working with a coaching client on a business challenge, Mm -hmm. that is the first question I ask. And if people are wishy-washy or trying to give me general answers about I do everything, you're going to fail. I guarantee you, your business is going to fail. You're going to be scrambling for money. You're never going to make ends meet because you have not shown enough value. Right. And yes, that will narrow down the field. Okay. Okay. But it also means that you become an expert in a certain area. We started this um, episode by saying, I do uh, consulting work for technology companies. Right. I am a technology marketer. I work with highly technical concepts Mm -hmm. and I only work with extremely large companies. Okay. That is my niche. Right. So, if I only work with, let's say, Fortune 100 companies or Fortune 500 companies, I have eliminated millions of companies. Sure. But I have focused on 100 or 500 companies that I will work with. Sure. So that, to me, is a much better strategy than saying you do everything for everyone. Right. Because then you don't you don't do you don't do shit for anyone.
1: And it's impossible. Pardon
0: my language. It oh, is, it's impossible! It's, it's impossible! Completely ridiculous!
1: Yeah, yeah, it's impossible.
0: Uh, that's the difference between an amateur and a business professional. Yeah. So that's how you move, and we all do that. Like, believe me, I have been there. But I've yeah. I've been around. I've been around the sun, a few times. Yeah, or the been You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm old enough to have learned that lesson. Yeah. And uh, so. That's my advice. Get very specific. Generalists will die yeah. in this market.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And generalists, by the way, are also the people racing to the bottom in terms of pricing. Right. A right. race to the bottom tells me you do not have enough of a brand presence to command the rate you deserve. Sure. And to receive it without... um Having to do this uh, bargain basement pricing, like all these people on Upwork or all these, you know, yep. people on Fiverr. My God, yeah. how I pity these four poor folks yeah. who are trying to do things for a couple bucks.
1: Yeah, give
0: me a break.
1: Yeah, I
0: mean that is a race to the bottom. Get more specific, and yep. then you can command more money.
1: Well, yeah, I tell you what, what well, we could, we could to a parallel based on what we talked about earlier it it, is i think it's maybe 90 percent highly possible the reason why people are racing to the bottom is because of what you said earlier the two reasons shame and guilt shame and
2: yeah
1: i don't deserve to make i don't deserve to make top dollar for what i do so let me right i want to i want to i think that people don't understand that there's a there's a inverse uh result so the, the lower your price the more people won't that va- will not value your service.
0: Exactly. Exactly. It's about finding the right price and offering a service that is specialized enough so that you are in fair exchange with whoever you're doing business with. Sure. And that's what I think there's just a lot of fear-based pricing among consultants. I wouldn't even call these people consultants among uh, you know, solo entrepreneurs, there's a lot of fear-based business practice going on
3: yeah. and
0: it doesn't serve them. Right. It doesn't serve them and it doesn't serve uh, entrepreneurs as a whole because we are not helping one another Right. to lift up our community. And so that's one of the things that I do a little bit differently.
1: Great. It's wonderful to hear that. So in terms of let's, let's, um, Shift the focus a little bit again to, to to the entrepreneurship scene in Detroit. Since you've been back home, what, what what do you what do you see in terms of like you talked earlier about uh, you, you love the creative energy, the support energy here. Where do you see it going, possibly within the next five ten years? Like in terms of the entrepreneurship community as a whole, how, do you see it growing? Do you see it thriving? Or uh, what, what's your take
0: on it? Well, I sure I sure hope it grows. Yeah. Um. I I really do. I think there's a lot of great energy in this city. What Detroit is lacking right now, and really kind of what Southeast Michigan is lacking, uh, is venture capital. Okay. So to get VC money, it's all on the coast. Okay. And the majority of it is on the coast. And I know that there are people right now in the city who are trying to change that, who are trying to work with some of those... um, uh, venture capitalists to bring more money here, but that is going to be a challenge. Yeah. So there is not a ton of money in Detroit. There is not a ton of money in Southeast Michigan. We are not awash in money for every retarded idea. I mean, I can't tell you, Don. I'll I'll, I'll answer your question by saying I can't tell you all the stupid ideas I saw in the Bay Area that were getting funded.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: But what I will tell you is. That struggle that Detroiters have, um, because there isn't so much money, means that they have an opportunity to build more well-thought-out products that are more thoroughly vetted, that have a higher chance of succeeding. Okay. So when you can just go get money at the drop of a hat, you don't even need to do any customer research necessarily. You just have an idea. You have a friend. He's got a couple million dollars. There you go. Yeah. Here, we have an opportunity to build well thought out products. Okay. Um, we have an opportunity to properly vet those products. We have an opportunity to build products with a revenue model built into them. A lot of companies that are, especially in the startup phase. Um, if we look at companies in the Bay area, again, they have no revenue model and they're somehow getting funding. Yeah. Now, That might work out there temporarily or with a few companies. That is not going to work here.
3: Right. So
0: helping companies identify a revenue model early on that they can begin to use and bootstrap their own success. Sure. Is a wonderful, wonderful way forward. And I encourage entrepreneurs here to fail fast and fail often.
2: Okay.
3: And
0: so by that I mean if you have an idea for – a startup or technology startup do some testing and get it out into the market do not wait years to build the perfect product get it into the market and watch it fall fall flat on its face get it out there early learn from your customers sure and continue to build better products now a great example of this and they're not yet in uh, Detroit but a great example of this is Duo, and, uh, which we, I think most of us in the Detroit area know is based in Ann Arbor. Yep. They are like the little company that could, sure. right? And it is, they are, in my mind, um, a really great model for us to learn from. Yeah. A few people started the company. They kept working at it. They plugged away. They had a good idea that they could monetize they got funding it's excellent and i think that people are wise to learn from what duo has done yeah because we can replicate that in detroit and for we those, absolutely can
1: yep and for those of you out there listening don't know duo is a secure tech technology security company so when you talk about two factor authentication you have to sign in and verify who you are duo is that type of company and in 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 many instances, that's our Midwest version of what we call a unicorn in the tech industry. That's that's our that's our unicorn so far.
0: Exactly. I'm I'm glad
1: you brought them up, Laura. Because yeah, they they every
0: entrepreneur, yeah, every entrepreneur is wise to learn from them. Learn from the people who have done it. Yeah. Learn from how they've done it, and if you know, and, and then if you have some you know fun weekend project idea, great. Like you know, work on your fun weekend project in your spare time. Right. But, like, let's let's get real here. If this idea has no hope of monetization, I saw this over and over in the Bay Area. Companies that had no revenue model, a revenue model was not baked in from the beginning. Mm-hmm. There was no thought. The thought was, oh, we're just going to build an audience. It rarely works out. Right. So please think about how this product or service is going to make money and bake that in, in the beginning. I can't tell you how many companies I worked for personally or witnessed who went under because they said, Oh, we're going to give it away for free and we'll build this customer base and that'll build our value. Right. Well, it doesn't always work out. And frankly, most of the time it falls, falls right on over. It's a mess.
1: Wow. So, uh, and you know what, I was going to ask you this too. What what are you what are the biggest mistakes you see entrepreneurs making?
0: Uh, the biggest mistakes I see entrepreneurs making one not being focused. Okay. So way too wishy washy, way too general okay. in what their product is. Um that is probably and we touched on that earlier, that is probably the biggest mistake I see being made. Yeah. Uh, not, and also, you know, not having a really clear strategic plan of action for where you want to go and how to get there. Um, I, the business consulting clients that I work with here in Detroit, uh, the ones that bring me in to do strategic planning with them, mm-hmm. these are people who know where they want to go And they know that they need to talk to someone to help them plan the steps to get there. Yeah. So please have a plan. Be clear on what the plan is. Be clear on what you want your outcomes to be and start executing. Um, I think there's a lot of people also in very early stage that are on a run to find funding. Right. You know, because that sounds like it would be a great idea to get some money. Right. Focus on building a product. Right. Test the product. Get it out into the market. See if anyone wants your thing. Sure. If you have something, uh, if you've got something with some meat on it, it's going to be much easier to find investment
2: mm-hmm.
0: than to try to invest in an idea. Yes. Yeah. People, investors often invest in things that are proven that are working, that are showing momentum. They also, in some cases, will invest in people. But sure. those are really more one-on-one relationships. And I would say probably a lot of folks here don't have those. Okay. So focus instead on building a product that has a revenue model or plans for a revenue model. See how it does in the market and learn and continue To grow from that, even if it starts as a weekend project. Yeah. You know, you don't need to drop everything. Right. Even if it starts as a weekend project, get something out there. Right. Um, Yeah, people get really caught up, and, and I'm guilty of this as well. We get very caught up in learning and going to events and trying to learn from people, which is all useful. Sure. But there's a point where you need to take action. Yep. And a lot of times with entrepreneurs, especially if they're in this ideation phase of figuring out exactly the thing they want to do, yeah. they will go to a lot of events, they'll read a lot of books, they'll take courses, because it feels like they're doing something. right. But what they're not doing is the thing. That right. Whatever that thing is, they're not doing it. They're actually just sort of tiptoeing and dancing right around it. Right. And so it feels like you're doing a lot, but you're actually getting nowhere right? or you're actually, you've kind of done your research. You don't need to do any more research. Get to work.
1: Got to get to work. Got to get to work. Yeah. Now we are getting pressed for time here. Uh, So the last question I have for you, Laura is what advice would you have for budding entrepreneurs? Like people who have the, the, they're in the idea phase, ideation, they're starting to work a little bit, like you say, on the weekend with their project or, or service what What advice would you have for them overall?
0: Um, the advice is talk to people who have done what you want to do. filter healthy advice or be very careful about the advice you get from people who know nothing about your field. Okay um, Get very clear on your plan. Uh, the, the advice is kind of similar. Get very clear. Get very focused. Get specific. Do not be afraid to um, to try. Okay. Don't be afraid. Treat it like a game. You know. Don't be afraid to go after the big kahuna. Even if you don't get it. Sure. It's okay. Try. You're gonna learn so much more by trying rather than sitting with ideas in your head and noodling things over.
2: Yeah.
0: One of the greatest pieces of advice my mom gave me, you know, this was 20 years ago when I was starting my career, Mm -hmm. she said to me, she said, Laura, when you go on a job interview, she would say, take any interviews you get, just even if you don't want it, take it. And I said to her, I said, mom, why would I do that? That seems like a waste of my time. Right. And she said, because you're going to use those interviews as your practice interviews to get better. Yep. Now, mind you, I didn't know what I was doing. I was, you know, 20 years old. I had no idea how to have an interview. I didn't even know who I was. Right. But that was great advice. The advice to get out and try rather than bet all your money on the one thing you really want and you have no experience to help you get there or to help you win that account because you've never tried. Right. So, um, all my experience and all my failures of which there are many, many, many failures. I mean, let's be clear. Uh, they have all taught me something, but none of them would have happened if I didn't try. Right. So just try, right. get out there. You know, um, And it's going to be uncomfortable there. You at points will feel really uncomfortable, uh, with certain aspects of what you have to do, you know, to win business based on the type of work you're doing.
3: Sure.
0: It can feel that way because you're not used to it. Right. You don't know how to act. Right. This is like a, you know, fish out of water situation. You're going to learn. Yeah. I'll tell you, um, one last break. So, uh, I just started consulting. I just got in my first contract and I had this huge company call me and they said, Laura, we'd like, you know, we're interested in your work and they told me what they uh, wanted done and they said, so, you know, how much would that cost? Mm
3: -hmm.
0: And I didn't realize at the time because I didn't know what I didn't know. I didn't realize that I don't have to answer that question on the spot. I can go think about it. I can go do research. I can come up with a proposal. Uh, but, you know, I didn't know that. Sure. So I, I blurted out a number. I said, you know what? I think all of that is going to be $15,000, okay. which at the time for me was a lot of money. Right. Okay. I thought that was like, I thought, oh, my God, are they even going to agree to this? Um, and you know what this guy said to me? He said, Oh, I'm so glad to hear that because everyone else has been quoting us $50,000. Wow. Wow. And I said, well, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, lesson learned. Yeah. And I never made that mistake again. Yeah. But uh, these things will happen. Yeah. And you will learn from them. I, by the way, I ended up getting that account of course, because I was so cheap. Yeah,
1: you lowballing to right to
0: Everyone without even knowing it. Wow. I ended up getting that account, but that account has led to so much more business for me. Um, over the years that it's actually, uh, I'm really glad I got it. Yeah. I'm really glad I learned from it. Yeah. Um, but you know, You're going to make mistakes like that. It's absolutely going to happen. Yeah. Oh, and here's another thing I'll tell people. Trust your instincts. Yeah. If you, people do not trust their instincts and especially in business, I know you may want that money. I know someone is calling you or they've invited you in for an interview, you know, to do some work, work for them. And you really want the money. But pay attention to who like to what is going on and to what you are feeling in this moment. Yeah. Um, a lot of consultants or freelancers will complain of having bad clients. Yeah. I have never had a bad client. Okay. Never had a bad client. And I'll tell you why. Because I don't take on bad clients. I you. Gotcha. I refuse to work with people that appear to me before we even meet like they are a complete nightmare, they are disorganized, Mm
3: -hmm. they are
0: demanding, they don't know what they want, and especially if they don't value what I do or understand what I do, guess what, they'll never pay me what I'm worth. That's right. So if they seem like a nightmare and I get that feeling like, oh man, this person's going to be difficult, I will graciously uh, recuse myself Yep. from the process yeah and uh i'll tell you this happened to me right as i was getting started i was given a referral to go talk to a guy a friend referred me out i went to go talk to him he had a small startup and i got kind of a funny feeling from him because i spent like half a day with him but we never talked about money right we never talked about you know the real nitty-gritty of the contract right and uh He wanted me to start the following week. I thought, okay, well, a few days go by. I don't hear anything about the contract. I don't hear anything about money. And I start to initiate a conversation. And it all, he gets very angry with me for bringing it up. He says, can't we discuss this the day you start work? Well, absolutely not. What do you think? I was born yesterday. Right. No. So I uh, graciously backed out of that. And then I talked to the woman who had referred me to this guy. And I said, hey, you know, I have a strange interaction with him. He didn't want to talk about money. Can you, you know, tell me what you know about him, what what this was about? She said to me, she said, Laura, I'm so sorry. You are one of a few people who has told me he doesn't pay freelancers. Or it has happened to other people that have worked with him that he has not paid. Wow. And I thought, well, you better take them off your list. Don't refer me people like that again. Right. Uh, But, you know, trust your instincts. Do not work without a contract. Yeah. Do not. If you're doing freelancing work, please do not work without a contract. Right. Um, It is the number one thing I tell people when they're getting started. I don't care about goodwill. I don't care about who's your friend. That is a recipe for disaster. Right. You write a contract. You send it off to the client, uh, have them sign it, make sure your client terms are very clear in that contract, right. make sure it's very clear the scope of the work that you're doing in that contract. Uh, and there are lots of examples about what to write and how to write it online. Right. So, um, you can find all that online, but yeah, that have a contract. Do not people that work without contracts are asking for trouble.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Very very so oh, also yeah. true. Also oh, true. Well, Yeah. Well, we run out of time here, folks. <laughs> so I really do appreciate you Laura for your insights and your ability to interview with us. Uh one last thing. What's your what's all your contact information that people could get in contact with you?
0: Sure. So if anyone wants to learn more about what I do, they can go visit my website. It's Co. That's L-A-U-R-A-K dot C-O.
1: Great. Um, what about, do you have a phone number and email contact in case somebody wants to reach out to you?
0: It's all on the website. Okay. Yeah, so, all on the website.
1: So folks, if you're listening, go to K.co. Learn about Laura, see all the wonderful work she's been doing and is doing, and make sure you reach out to her, contact her. For anybody, entrepreneurs, if you've been listening to us for the past hour, please, please, please reach out to Laura. Um, and with that being said, Laura, thank you so much for being on the program, and thank you all out there for listening. This is the Doers Network, where actives grow and thrive. We hope you enjoyed our our conversation with Miss Laura Khalil right here on the Doers Network once again I'm your host Donald Robinson II this podcast is produced and brought to you by Bamboo Detroit located in the heart of downtown Detroit Bamboo Detroit specializes in co-working space and amenities for entrepreneurs and forward thinkers Bamboo Detroit where we do more together because Detroit is for Doers We appreciate your support by subscribing to our podcast right here on The Doer's Network. Thanks once again for listening.
0: You've been listening to The Doer's Podcast, where actives grow and thrive. The Doer's Podcast is produced by Bamboo Detroit Network. For more information, visit us at bamboodetroit.com.